season two. What's up? It's Angel. And Mike. Uh, we are back. I never thought we'd be back, Mary. I thought, you know what? You know what? A lot of people, a lot of people thought we weren't going to be back. Yeah. We showed them. <laughs> we were a lot back. of people were like, oh, you're just going to do one episode and that's going to be it. Yeah, that piano gallery was uh, was pretty loud and boisterous. Yeah, but yeah. So happy season two, even to all the losers and the haters. Out we are there. we are back for season two, and we 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 have made a pact, Murray and I, uh, to to be uh, just as good, if not better, than season one. One thing's for sure: we will not be as bad as season two of True Detective. <laughs> Fuck no. That's no, not happening. No. So. No. This is a sophomore season. we got to make it count. Hell no. Season one was epic. I want to thank all of our listeners out there, all the people who emailed, all the people who follow us on Twitter, all tens of you. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. First things first, as always, uh, a couple things to get a hold of us. Uh, you can reach us via email. Uh, we won't be – well, we can check email, but we haven't received any. No, it's uh, been since, six months. Yeah, it's been six months. Yeah. Uh, email, devilscutpodcast at gmail.com. Murray, what's our Twitter? We are devilscutpod. That is at devilscutpod. At devilscutpod. Uh, please feel free to email, tweet at us for ideas for episodes. We usually have polls every once in a while, figure out uh, what you guys want to hear us talk about. Uh, and I, any ideas for segments because we have a new one coming up uh, in this episode that we'll try to debut. Um, yeah. And uh, go from there. Awesome. So, Let's get to it, shall we? Yes. Before we get to uh, our, our topic uh, de jour, so we had a, a Twitter poll and uh, the overwhelming response out of nine votes was uh, the best front-to-back albums or whole albums uh, according to uh, the Book of Murray and uh, Hamoud. So mm-hmm. we will uh, – we will discuss those in a minute, um, but just a couple of things, Mary. I just want to catch up. Okay, hit you up with some quick hitters. Uh, you you have not seen these questions. No, I haven't. Um, for those of you, uh, our audience, uh, Murray and I don't talk in between episodes. We I, we don't converse. We don't. I don't even really like Murray. I don't think Murray likes me. <laughs> no, we just meet up so, for <laughs> we, this. We're kind of like the Beatles near the end of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no, I'm not Ringo though. Man. Well, I'm not saying you are. But. Okay. So your Ringo. Mur- okay, Murray. Um, what are you watching these days, TV or movie wise? What's what's kind of caught your eye? Man, so um, I haven't been to a movie in a long time. What I've we've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Got one more episode left. And of you that? And you highly recommend that show. I do. Right? I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's a good show. See, Anne and I went got through the first episode, and I got to say, we were we were pretty disturbed. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's so. not. You're not. You know, gonna be happy, or you know, <laughs> no, I don't think in the mood for any anything no. afterwards. Yeah, I was, I had it's trouble a, sleeping. It's uh, a lot of being uncomfortable, a lot of like rape. You know, yeah, I, those, uh, uh, it was really tough to watch. I do. I have to say that though, disturb most people. Um, Elizabeth Moss as as Alfred is pretty fantastic. I got oh, she's great. She's, yeah. uh, if she doesn't get nominated, and Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, the ultimate creep. Not to be just mis- so creepy. Not to be mistaken with uh, with his uh, older brother Voldemort. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. R- Rafe. Rafe. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. Question to Murray: What are you currently listening to? What have you got in your uh, in your CD changer or your, yeah. your uh, turntable there? So I've been listening to the new Carly Rae single quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Listening to the new Always single, the new Arcade Fire single. Yes. New Star single. There is so much yet. coming out. I have not listened to that. This yet. summer, it's going to be awesome. What's uh, what's the new Star single like? 
It's amazing, as always. Hmm. They, okay. uh, and the, I like the Arcade Fire song, too. It sounds a little, sounds a little different. Okay. But yeah. uh, I'm digging it. And the new Always just sounds like classic Always, right? It's and crazy, yeah. the Carly Rae song is a classic, you know, like, pop masterpiece. We have a knock at the door. Uh, let's pause. Let's pause. Okay, last few questions. Pretty much out of left field. Um, who's better looking, in your opinion, mm-hmm. and or more attractive? All right. Uh, Taylor Swift in her current form. In her current form? Okay. Or a young Stevie Nicks. Ooh. Man, that is that is tough. That is tough. But I got I got to go Taylor. Ooh. I got I got to. Yeah. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, last question for you. What's up with the the Hawks trading uh, Panarin for? Uh, <laughs> that literally for, just happened for, for Saad. Yeah. What like so? What's your deal? What's like? What's your take on that? Who's the winner? So the analysis is on that. Um, both of them are pretty much the same player. Mm, They're mm. both. They're both. Well, I mean, someone's a little younger, though, right? Who's younger? Panarin's a little younger, Panarin's but younger. I mean, they're pretty close, right? In right. age, and they both bring bring the same thing offensively, which okay. is what we want. Um, but the nice thing about Sod and Panarin right now, they both make the same amount of money, so they both make six million, which is about what we make per episode of this podcast. Yeah, I think roughly. Yeah. Um, so the key with that, though, is is that Sod's got five more years left. On his contract. Oh, okay. A contract Panarin, he, which he never signed with Chicago, right? That's, that's the right. That's with Columbus. That's yeah. the reason why they, And Panarin's yeah. got two more years, and in two years, he is going to demand a raise, or he, he's going to deserve a raise, for sure, and they're not going to be able to resign him that's smart, after that. That's so smart. they're basically replacing same for same, but locked in for term. And that was a similar thing what they did with the Yalmerson trade, too, which yeah, yeah, that's before true. that, That's right? true. Connor Murphy, I don't think he's as good as Yalmerson, but he's way younger. Yes. He's got, uh, I think he's 10 years younger, or pretty close to that. Okay. Um, he's a defensive defenseman. Stay Big on. guy, 6'4". He's a monster. That's huge, man. Um, but he's got he's got four years, four or five years left on his term at a little bit less than what, what uh, Yalmerson was making. Yalmerson's deal's coming up in another two years, and... They're not going to be able to afford to resign him. That's either. crazy. So well, it was just a. It was a. It's a. Well, it's a smart trade. Yeah, it was. Um, that's all it is. I mean, you trade with a partner in your own conference, which kind of sucks. Yeah, in division, division, right? Same yeah. division? No. Oh uh, no, Phoenix is in the. No, uh, Sod's in good place for Columbus, isn't he? Yeah, Columbus is in the East. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they swapped. They used to be, but yeah. they swapped it. Oh, but did they get any better? I don't think so. They didn't get any worse either. But I think they set themselves up for a team that is like just effed every year when it comes to the salary cap. Yeah, I don't know. How that I feel like that was a well, whatever, it's, man. It's, it's price a price move. Plus, they got a backup goalie, which they did not have. No. Yeah. So they got that from Columbus. Young backup goalie. He's going to be fine. Crawford is going to play the majority of the games anyway. That's true. Um, because he's you know he's one of the top five goalies in the league, I think. Um, and he's making six mils, so he better be playing. Six mils. So, uh, again, what we make per episode. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think those are some shrewd moves. I don't think they're done. I think with the, that awful news about Hosa, yes. which, which is sad. We chimed in quite a bit about that, yeah. I think they got to replace that guy still. And, you know, with the money that they're going to save with his contract, I think they'll be able to do that. But that's, that, that is sad. I feel bad for that guy. He's just a class act. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listening to talk radio and, and just other people talk about there's a there's a there's a, there's a contingent of people out there that really don't like Hosa for some reason. But what? Um, yeah, I'm like, 
Why? Yeah, you got, the guy's I a mean, pro, man. He's a pro. The guy's everything the league wants, right? Yeah. He's He plays hard. He plays clean. He's physical. And crazy skill. Crazy speed. Right. And just, like, super humble. Like, right. doesn't say anything on the ice. It's just He just goes out there and plays. And, like, he probably draws 25 penalties a game that don't get called. Just guys, Easily. Just yeah. guys draped all over him. Yeah. And he just powers through him. Yeah. He's just he's he's just like he's a perfect NHL player. He's thirty eight now. I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's gonna retire. Um and good for him. He's got three cups, five hundred goals, um, over six hundred assists, right? He's wow, that's some pretty rare company, man. I wonder how many other people have three cups and five hundred goals. That's something to look up. That's yeah, to that's five hundred well, five hundred goals is rare enough, right? It's no kidding. I think it's like about forty. That's that I've nuts. ever played. That's nuts. So you add that to the three cup thing. Yeah, pretty rare. That's pretty nuts. All right. Um, let's move on, Murray. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. Let's get to what we're actually supposed to talk about. Let's cut to our uh, – I think one of our goals this year was to not make hour and a half to five hour long. Uh, why not there? So, um, as voted by you guys, our our topic for today for the premiere of season two is best front to back albums. Now, Murray, I, I I found it interesting that you tweeted out um, that we are we are looking at the best albums. Mm. Period. Um, so a couple a couple of questions just to start you off is uh, what is, what's the criteria that we're looking for? And I'm interested to know. If our if my criteria matches yours, so what are we okay, looking so for? You for? have criteria as well. Well, a little bit. I mean, really, I only so, have I have one, but you can go ahead. Well, What's I think, your criteria? I think I mean, in order to be like one of the best albums of all time, you got to be a good front to back album. So that's I mean, that's just let's just get that out of the way. But yeah. I do have some criteria that I think is pretty important um, in order for it to be considered one of the best albums or a great album. Right. Let's just say. Right. Um, First one we want to delve we got to delve into is of course some sort of coherence so some sort of theme okay right? it doesn't have to be a concept album it doesn't have to you know every song has to be about the same thing or something like that but there should be some sort of flow right some sort of flow so I'll just give you an example and this is the classic example we're talking about Fleetwood Mac with rumors, Ooh, rumors right yeah. that is sort of your classic breakup heartache Ooh, yeah. emotional pain album that vh1 episode of the, about this album is yeah. pretty awesome and the album is like it reflects that right from you know everybody's writing songs on it every the two couples that are in the band are yeah. you know breaking up with each other and you get you get that you get that vibe from the album right so yeah it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be you know a theme like um you know every song is about this or every song is about that but some sort of coherence you've got another example you know the the jay-z and kanye watch the throne oh dude right? yeah, some coherence that. yeah, there, yeah. Right? something like that. that and that's that's Shit. that's a good one okay um so i think some sort of feel or vibe some sort of feel or vibe but not yeah. necessarily a uh like a pin down sort of theme or or yeah topic okay yeah, it doesn't have to be like you know those like prog rock albums like King Crimson or you know something from the 70s well, yeah. how is that yeah exactly where it's all just like really weird and like kind of like 
futuristic but yet medieval at the same time. <laughs> it's <laughs> medieval. Yeah. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, that is that, weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So, it's like the know, new King Arthur movie. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Oh, God. It was Guy Ritchie. That's it why it's Ritchie. terrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this could appear on a fucked up in the future, but um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Guy Ritchie. My only criteria for this well, you battle. you have one. I've got three more. Okay. So, okay. Okay. You know what? Finish yours. Okay, finish yours. Yeah. Right. Finish yours. Because I feel like my, one of, mine's going to jive with your, with your other sure. two. So, sure. So, for uh, best albums, uh, again, what makes a good album? Impact is key. Oh. Okay. So, not necessarily did critics like it at the time. But what Ooh, did it do or how did it influence okay. right, the future? So I've got an example and maybe it's a band maybe most people might not have heard of, but a band called The Replacements. They have an album called Let It Be. Oh, okay. Tongue in cheek to the okay. Beatles. Um, but basically, it's a really good album as well. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. I haven't. No, it's wow. amazing. Um, they're like kind of like this like – well, they were a punk rock band and then they kind of moved into a genre that didn't really exist – <clears throat> before them and that genre was like alternative rock basically okay so it, a lot of people think that they invented the genre um some people think it might have been rem but you know if they didn't invent it they at least perfected it with that album we gotta pause Mary, one quick real yep. quick third one is replayability oh shit i really should rethink my my one okay oh, well, yeah, go ahead I, so what that what that means is there's you know you don't skip a song. Not only do you not skip a song, yeah, but there's no like mediocre songs. None. No. There. Every song is a gem. It like makes a, you feel right. You're like this song is so good. I love it. Right. You're totally into it. Every song is a plus plus. Oh, a plus plus. Well, a very very good song. Right. Very like good song. Like a level yeah. four. Level four. At yeah, least. Maybe not a four plus. Yeah, but a level four. But definitely sprinkle in there a couple four pluses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have – you can't – most of them should be four pluses. It should be four minimum. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's the third. Coherence, impact, replayability. And then the last one is, is of course, uh, it's very personal too. So, I mean, sometimes an album yeah. came out at a time that – Well, yeah. I got to think – for that sure, was, yeah. That was, you know, an important time of your life or like it meant a lot to you at that time and it still does, right? Um, so maybe that impact might not have necessarily been impact on like the world of music in general, but maybe it was a big impact on you and how you felt and what you were doing. Right, right. I really should have just – I really should have expanded on my – my only criteria was that you can't skip it. And, and part of that is because like you said, I mean every song – on that album has to be at least whatever quite good like you you, you never you never yeah. you never one second guess ah you know the song is not quite as good as previous like yeah. you just you just leave it on like for example you know i'm painting my basement right now uh, i've listened through through most of these song uh these albums that are on my top 10 you know cover to cover all the way through and like i have there's never one point where i i gotta get up and and, and change the Beautiful. change the track right that's really my own that's my own sort of criteria um, I'm not like you said, not necessarily tied to any sort of theme, um, and I don't think. I mean, some of the albums that did make the, make my my top ten. Um, I think by song sort of ten or twelve, like I was sick and tired of hearing that theme. Ah, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's the one thing I did find with uh, that Watch the Throne. I don't think it was subtle enough. No, no, well, no, I don't think so. A lot I mean, of it, it was, was more it was more in your face. A lot of hit, right? hit you over the head. Yeah. Um, 
my next question for you is that okay, if this is a uh, we're talking about best front to back albums, we're going to talk about our, our own top ten list. But mm-hmm. did, being a, a a fantastic front to back album, do you, is that mean that it's automatically in your best of all time list? We haven't no. even had an episode yet on on our own sort of like best of all time. Like looking at your list, how many of those would you consider as an all time great album? The, my my list of my like top ten here, right? That I yeah. Have on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have I have a couple lists here. One is just like amazing best albums, but there's way more of those than there is in obviously my top ten, right? Top ten, there's only ten. Well, I mean, technically there's eleven because I did combine one, but we'll get to that in a second. But I think you can be I think you can be a really great album, and there's tons of them out there um, that meet this criteria, but maybe they don't meet all four. That are on here. Uh, okay. So they don't make it into my top 10. I think they're awesome. I think they're, they're some of my favorite albums of all time, but they're not top 10 for me. Like, so like, for example, I mean, we're going to do an episode. We have to do this season. Like you and I both agree that like logic will break your heart by the stills. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't make my top 10 necessarily. Nor did it mine. Because yeah. I think the song at the end, I skip. Or, uh, okay. Right. Um, but it's it's part of my top ten of all time. Like it's definitely in my top five of all time, right? Mm. Um, I, I, so, so it like, didn't make your top ten. No, it did. It, it didn't. Yeah, no. It just, okay, so just, mine are pretty personal. Like mine are like a couple of C20s. The ones that didn't quite make the cut are the ones to me that are probably more personal, and 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 that's probably why maybe I'm I'm pandering to our audience a little bit because like okay. I picked ones that I know universally. Like you'd be an idiot to skip a song on for example Ziggy Stardust right mm-hmm. like I think he'd be you know what I mean or, or so but the ones that did make quite, the five that didn't quite make my list I think are probably more personal to me and I could probably swap them out but yeah um, well and I think yeah I think you know the stills logical is one of my favorite albums of all time mm-hmm. one of my top 10 mm-hmm. didn't make it in but I mean like there's for me like that, that that's that's a little bit better than say you know a Matthew Good Band album which like that's more that meets the fourth criteria the personal right but maybe not the other maybe not the other three replayability sure i can listen to them over and over again but impact coherence that doesn't really doesn't really exist in there um but i still love them right most of them front to back can't get enough um before we get into our uh our respective top 10 lists i'm curious do you think the uh the ability or the wherewithal or just the, even the desire to make a great 10 12 13 track album is that even is that even does that exist among artists or bands these days mm. or is it all about the hits the bangers like what do you think like in, like in looking at your list you don't have to but like how many of those have been in the last five years or 10 years even maybe one right so um but i i still think it's uh I think it depends on, you know, what, because there's two like worlds of music, right? There's, there's sort of the artistic and then of course there's the more commercial, right? So if you're trying to, if you're trying to make money, you're going for more of that, that song, the, the pop yeah, song, you're, right? The hit song, that's what you want. You call up Max Martin and you're like, yeah, you get Jason Derulo to yeah, feature exactly. his name. Yeah, done. You see, he says his name. Every time. Million dollars, every play right there. <laughs> going on but i still think some artists desire there i think they're that's that's part of it um and one one band that i can really think of that hasn't released a bad album and they just came out with a new one maybe it was 20 it was 2017 okay um is spoon 
Oh shit! Yeah, that's I, I true. think every album they put out has been amazing. Um, one that just got just got out of my top ten is definitely an honorable mention. Is the band The New Pornographers? Oh, true. Who's every every album I own and every album is again cover to cover amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think I think they're like some bands are looking for that, but if you're if it's more that sort of commercial mainstream music, which is fine, right? That's that's more. Um, one you're looking for that single that big hit so okay so in relation to that two questions then i mean put yourselves in the in the shoes of a whatever you're an artist or a band right um as part of your musical legacy would you much rather have one of the most popular two or three songs of all time or one of the most popular albums Mm -hmm. of all time like like you think body of work Right, like I'm curious. Like I, for me, it's way harder to make a whole ten or twelve track oh, album. Absolutely, like yeah. that really shows your musical chops, your your ability as a musician. I think anyone with the right set of circumstances, the right production, could you know make, make a one hit. song. Right. So, like, I mean, so what? So, I guess is it easier? Is it the economics? You can you can make a living and not have to work really off of one. Uh, many people song. have right, totally right. So and that's that's great, right? But I think. I don't know. For me personally, I would I would want to go for that longevity. I'm just looking at my list uh, of top ten and, and just of mm-hmm. greatest, the rest of the best albums. Um, everyone, every band or every group on this list has has been around for a while and will be and timeless, made, mul- and made right? multiple albums. Right? Made multiple albums. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, but being that being said, right, I think I think you can do both. I think you can cross over. Like if you know you have Adele, for example just crazy power songs singles that are just amazing but then when you listen to her albums they're also equally amazing yeah i don't think she's released a bad album at all really yeah Yeah. yeah. um and she she's one of those rare artists that like kind of she well i mean she has the big anthems Mm -hmm. right the i I can't think of what her anthems hello whatever right all those but then like it's really the, the tracks that are you know number number four Right, as opposed to oh yeah, the, the deep shots. cuts, yeah, the deep cuts that are uh, are quite good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, well, I, Mer, I think it, it's I think it's probably a good time. Yeah, reveal your top ten. I mean, mine's in no particular order, but I think I, I, the next part of the discussion really would be to go over the ones that overlap. And I'm really sure. curious to know which ones. Yeah, which no, ones? Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's not really. There's not enough time to really talk about all like 20 different albums. But. Well, I mean, I think I would just want to get over. So besides those criteria um, right. that I talked about as well, I also just for simplicity, um, I left off greatest hits. No greatest hits. No, what? Um, I know, I know. It's, I've you know, it's out there. I left off soundtracks, like compilations, none of okay. that. Um, and I also, and this was a debate that I had with Amelia. I also left off live albums as well. Oh, so I mean, for me, the clo- that's probably the closest that would be acceptable. I think there is an argument there, but I left it off just for simplicity. Um, what so, would you have thrown on there out of curiosity? Uh, so uh, the last waltz um, by Ooh, the band true. would have been on there. Stop making sense. Talking Heads is uh, pretty solid, right? Um, so so albums like that. I mean, if you want to get you know some wow. people like Frampton, Frampton comes yeah, alive. Frampton, not, yeah. not me, but I mean it's for some. <laughs> um, but so albums like that, I also left off. These were just like studio produced, created 
albums. So I don't know if you did the same. I don't know if you have. I did. I I didn't even. I didn't did not even factor in uh, live albums or or mm-hmm. definitely not soundtracks or things like that. It's in this episode we've already done. But so if those were included, I think the okay. last waltz and um, oh, making sense would be some okay. would, be, would be pretty good choices. But just for simplicity, kept it through studio albums only, front to back. Okay. Well, drum roll, please. Go, All right, so I do have mine in the top ten order, and I'll, I'll just oh, okay. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Okay. Um, number ten for me is Weezer, the Blue Album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That uh, is just again, it meets all those criteria, front to back. It does rely a lot on the personal, I think, as yeah. well, because that was just like kind it's of coming of age alternative, thing, yeah, rock. Other people were listening to other stuff. I was listening to that. Um, and again, every song is ridiculous front to back. Um, and it was kind of that quintessential nineties sound. Yes. That a lot of bands, fuzzy guitar. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Niff, niff. Yeah, you go. Yeah. 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 And then I'll I'll just go over the ones that I have because mine's not in any particular order. And we can talk about. And you can obviously riff on whichever ones you yeah, want to yeah, talk to. Sounds good. We can, we can so Nuff then, yeah. and this one could be contentious, um, but I have Revolver and Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Now I'm combining them <laughs> I because, combine them because George Harrison said that they were a continuation of each oh, other. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. if George Harrison says that, yeah. I'm going to throw that on yeah, there. Yeah, he was basically Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, still is. So that's number nine. And again, fantastic. Yeah. Number eight, Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. <laughs> okay. I would say one of the greatest hip-hop albums you're ever going to find. Yes. Ever. Um, lyrics are, you know, despite their childish nature. How, how old were they when that when they released that? I got to uh, think. That was like... So they released License to Ill when they were like barely out of high school. Like 18. So they were probably 20. Oh, in their 20s, really? In I wouldn't say in their twenties. I would say twenty. <laughs> uh, but the use of samples, good God, it's amazing. Yeah, on there. Oh yeah. So like, their shows their depth and breadth of like musical knowledge, for sure. Both took a sip at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number seven, and Angel already brought this one up. David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Okay. Man. That's, uh, I mean, you can't have a top 10 album list or song list without anything by David Bowie. Agreed. That's, that's a rule. Agreed. Number six, Arcade Fire, The Suburbs, gets tossed on there. 29. Arcade Fire Funeral is yeah. also a good album. Yeah. But there's one song I always skip. In the backseat? Nope. Haiti? No. Kettles? I like those songs. Fucking oh, power out. You're, you're weird, man. You're a weirdo. No one's ah, gonna fire it. Whatever. I can't Whatever. stand it. It's okay. one of those songs. I okay. can't stand it. Okay. It may as well have been written by Tame Impala. No. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Okay. Just try. I swear to God, if Alt J's on that fucking list, I'm gonna shoot you. There's no Alt J. Okay, good. Let's no. go. Number five. Okay. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. All right. Okay, yeah. Can't turn it off. Cannot. No, I've, I've. Many so times good. I've been to Mike Amelia's house. And that's just been on. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we're just chilling out, whatever. It's we're, we're pre-drinking before October. Oh, uh, so good. We're yeah. we're we're post whatever, 
uh, chilling at Mike and Amelia's and, and Born Run is just on. And I mean blaring. And Murray is like air guitaring like a <laughs> maniac. Yeah, double guitaring. So, okay, cool. Yeah, because right. I've got that stool that has two frets. <laughs> it's perfect. You know the one. I do. <laughs> it's Blackhawk stool. Number four, Radiohead, OK Computer. Yeah, all right. I'm yeah. Start that one too. Okay. Amazing at me if you want. Yep. Number three. Again, this is my favorite artist, hmm. Neil Young. Ooh. And the album I chose, which may be maybe a unique choice, is Comes a Time. Comes a Time. Okay, and why? Oh, why? It's just it's so smooth. You can put it on and you can basically do any activity to it. Whatever you want to do. You want to work? Go for it. You want to sit back and sip brandy? Do that. Yeah, you can. You want to read? Do that. Really? Do whatever you want to do. And every song is just perfect. I mean, I like a lot of Neil Young albums. After the Gold Rush is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Yep. Uh, everybody knows this is Nowhere, right? Yep. Another another classic. But when it comes to that, um, Neil Young comes a time. We I was rec- well, a couple months ago. We were at we were visiting a friend in Michigan. And we just put it on a couple times in a row. Wow. Beautiful. Wow, number three, eh? Wow, Murray, jeez. Yeah. Number two, got to go to, again, another all-time favorite group, Beach Boys. Oh, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. Yeah, Pet Sounds, for sure. Yeah, there it is. Um, again, so innovative, so perfect, so, like, insane. Totally different than anything at the time. Number one. Wow, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Going back with making their second appearance on the list, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's. Oh, yeah, man. Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's got all the criteria in spades. It's all there. Released 1967, right? It was that movement away from the matching suits and the matching haircuts. Totally out of control. Psychedelic. Drugs. Super psychedelic. It just preached like you know the gospel of love and drugs and like just a good time and it was a total like perfect album. For I mean, shit, I've I've been listening to that basically every day since I've been working around the house. And mm-hmm. actually, it's a good starting point. So, so of your top ten, um, four of those ah. uh, matched with my top so, ten. We'll so get, Bowie, Radiohead, yep. Uh, peppers and and suburbs and suburbs nice yeah but we can we can start with uh with sergeant peppers yeah um lyrically do you think that sergeant peppers uh lonely, lonely hearts club band is their best album lyrically in terms of in terms of lyrics um well it's a, it's i mean it's a trip right yes yeah i think lyrically is pretty good i, I mean if you put it up i think i think it, you know the white album's pretty weird yeah in there but yeah, well, I would say it's I'd say it's one of the best. Yeah. In terms of I, uh, in terms of the lyrics, for sure. Uh, and I'm trying to think there's uh, it might have been I don't know for what song it would have been on on that album, but there's a music video that they made where they're on horseback, all four of the Beatles. I don't know. I think it's a day in the life. And they're fucking just and it's funny. It's just they're all like dressed the same. They're all they're all uh, horseback riding around London. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, and just just the most random, weird looking. Well, it's uh, their alter ego too, right? They're, yeah, that's that's kind of the theme. They're not the Beatles on that album. They're they're Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And just the like you said, the 
I mean, I don't know what's the theme for you is what is it psychedelic? Because there's certain well, the, songs the theme that, is that alter ego, right? Like they're they've kind of stepped away. They're not the Beatles anymore. Their first, you know, however many albums, five or six albums, whatever, four or five albums. Right. They were they were sort of a mop top, you know, you know, they were all recognizable, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're not that anymore. It was like this huge sort of like really like a a very visible change. We don't want to be that anymore. Yeah. So we're actually going to say that we're not them anymore. We're, we're, we're a different, totally different band. They had different names. Like Billy Shears was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> coming out there. Like people were concerned that like McCartney was replaced or like losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, exactly. the thing, so the thing is, I know the, the word, like the, the qualifier eclectic gets thrown out a lot for mm-hmm. different albums. But to me, this is a really eclectic album and, and oh, yeah. to be eclectic, uh, and also, and using it in the like the positive sense, the the good connotation, like you got to be good in both extremes. So like when they when they weird out, it's f- fucking phenomenal. Yeah. When they go back to kind of like quintessential Beatles, it's fucking amazing. Still, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? So like there's the, uh, there's no shitty middle ground for them. Yeah. Right. And so, and I, I marvel at this album. All oh, the it's time. amazing. And yeah. even and even Lennon like has said that. Well, did say that. You know, this this was them collaborating at their best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, they, I mean, whoever, they, there was no egos. The egos happened, like, later, right? We all know what happened there. But um, whoever had the best idea, that's what they took. So, you know, whether it was Ringo, you know, no one gives a shit about that guy usually, <laughs> or, like, Paul or, or right. John or George, whoever. Even, even the idea to, like, reprise, you know, the day in the life at the end, that was, like, some random fucking sound guy who was like, oh, we should, and they were like, genius, amazing. Right. right. So who, whatever idea was the best, there was no pride. They, they all checked out at the door when they walked in. The album took over 700 hours to make. Wow. So, I mean, they were, they were working on it like crazy in there. Um, but it was just, you know, there was, it was the Beatles collaborating, all their genius put together combined into that element and you really don't get that nowadays no you don't i mean there's a there's a push to to produce 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 i i mean well i mean that's every single one of them with the exception of ringo is a musical like god yeah we're really shitting on ringo he's still alive man oh shit sorry Ringo. if you're listening (laughs) what's his name richard i don't fucking know i don't know uh sorry Starsky, yeah, Star, whatever. But like, I mean, you had some good songs too, you know. But <laughs> but seriously, the other three were goddamn geniuses. They were every yeah, single one of them. They were. So, they were. But I mean, yeah, that's what it was. It was the best, and that's not even talking about like. And again, this when it comes to albums, we don't really. This isn't really big anymore because there's nothing really physical that you buy. But the actual album was a work of art. The LP, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you factor that into, that's just icing on the cake. Like, that's a second layer of icing on the cake right there. Uh, I think if I had to pick, if you, if you really had to, you know, pull my leg or whatever and, I, and, and look at my top ten, that would be my number one. Yeah. Um, so, we would agree there. Number I, one I think so, yeah. It would, it would be my number nice. one. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Um, I want to talk about the other three albums uh, quickly that uh, have overlapped sure. as well. Um, so... Uh, Rise of Falls of Zardust. Yeah. Um, I almost, I mean, it's funny because like Arcade Fire is also, I think you can kind of so talk you about pick, them. So you pick Suburbs back. as well. I, well, to me it was a dead heat. It, to okay. me it was, I couldn't decide between Suburbs and Funeral for very different yeah. reasons. But, and that's same, but obviously we yeah, talked about yeah. Power Out, so it's out. So, so, so tell me, talk about 
um, the the late uh, David Bowie and what what uh, the Ziggy's hardest album kind of. I think that's. I think it's I think beautiful in a pile it's, of a pile of you know fucking diamonds. That's that's the biggest diamond. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's a that's a tough one. But, I mean that's just a fantastic. Um, and that's when he got like he just made it okay for people to be weird, right? And that's that's what's well, the and it, it so it, yeah, man. Sonically, like shit, the the, oh. the stuff he was making, the the way it sounds, and like unabashedly sci-fi oh. rock opera, like there is. There, I hope no one attempts. I mean, even if Muse tries, they're gonna fucking fail royally. <laughs> but like, and I Muse hope, is talented, and Muse, but like, yeah. no one should ever attempt what Bowie did. On the Ziggy Stardust album, no, it just it can't, it can't be done. It, yeah. it sounds futuristic, but also very much of of that time. And like, but fuck, man, like and every song just blows your mind. Holy shit, yeah, yeah. And, be, and and beautiful, like and Bowie's voice is beautiful throughout yeah. that whole album. Um, yeah, to me, it, it's number two with a bullet for me. Mm. Uh, uh, is it number two for you too? No, Beach Boys was number two. Okay, it's number two for a bullet for me. Yeah. Um, again, if I if I really had to pick, and I, you know, I know there's a relationship between uh, Arcade Fire and and David Bowie, yeah, but absolutely. Do you do you get that sense that there is musically or lyrically a, a correlation or connection between the two? Like, there's times when I feel like close my eyes and like ah, this you know these guys were listening to down 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 to Meso. He's down there, right? Like, yeah. I mean. Uh, I mean, Arcade Fire, they're, it's funny because a, a, sure. a band features like 12 fucking members. You need 12. <laughs> you that this, this fucking is, saxophone. But this guy. is the genius of – this shows the genius of Bowie. You need 12 accomplished musicians to kind of produce something that at the level, fucking, yeah. similar level or like just below it of that one guy created, right? Yeah. Um, For I, sure. So fuck, man. That, yeah. Ziggy Stardust to me – of so my be number two for you. I think so. I okay. think so. I think so. So we also had we also had OK Computer. So no, we do not. Do we not? We do. Yeah, OK, OK Computer was that. also. It's not my. Um, I don't think it's my 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 third favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. I still think it's weird. Every time I throw it on, I'm like, like is uh, electioneering on there, and like yep. there's some fucked up tracks on that. Oh, album, actually, right? yeah, um, electioneering is great. It is. It's great. But I, okay. when I first listened to it, I gotta say, like, it felt like. It kind of felt like nails on a on a blackboard for me. Yeah, but that's I mean that's the uh, the value of the impact too, right? It's, it was really it jarring. Yeah. yeah, but it, as soon as you kind of because it was to nothing it. like like when when did Kid uh, um, A or no 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 the one before that the Ben no uh, the Ben's. the Ben's. Yeah. Well, I thought they lost their minds. I literally thought. No, that's I, what I thought, I thought too. Tom York and the and the the lads like literally fucking <laughs> went nutso because. But that was part of the effect, I think. And then it really kind of started the trend of of Radiohead being a weird band. I, I, yeah, that's what I think they went on that OK Computer. They just it was, again, it was innovative, it was original. And I think they went just far enough before they fucking went crazy. <laughs> when when did they go crazy? What album? After. Right All of it today? Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, everything eh? after that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They like so like. Interesting. Uh, Pablo Honey, their first album was like Studio Classic, like '90s rock album coming out of Britain at the time. It's like okay, this is you know this is like Blur or this is like right you know it was shaker. it was oh my god <laughs> and then the bands was like all right this is again your classic like night but elevated this yeah. album is way better than yeah. you know anything oasis is ever going to do or anything 
Kuma yeah. Shaker's ever going to do, <laughs> right? Or the Long Pigs or oh fucking Space God. Hog. Space Hog! Right? And then then this OK Computer came and it was like, what? Yeah. This is insane. And then fucking, and then they started throwing like pots and pans down the stairs and we're like, this is our album. Enjoy. It's, I mean, it's still good. Yeah. But I think that was their peak right there with OK Computer. Interesting. Um, I mean, we can look at other uh, top lists or whatever front to back albums because another one that, that makes a few is uh, In Rainbows. Yeah. Um, again, it's hard to finish. I mean, you can't really skip a track um, yeah. in that. But So OK Computer is not my th- – if again, if I had to look, my third favorite. You – I don't know. People, listeners might, might laugh. But to me, Is This It is a fucking – Yeah. Fucking great album. Yeah. And I put that on – I mean, I listened to that album – uh, kind of middle Strokes. late high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was cool sounding, man. Like if I wanted to, now that I, I, I mean, I was, I would, well, actually, I, I would go to Williams and like hang out and pretend to be in university. Of course, but yeah, yeah. it's a cool <laughs> fucking album, man. Like it's good. It's it's yep. it sounds great. It sounds great in the car. It sounds great in a coffee shop. Um, yeah, you can play it. Anywhere. It's People cool, like dude. It, it like yep. and those songs live are awesome, and, and uh, there's just something about it. Um, just, it's it's kind of like a a reaction, like to it's just kind of like let's get back to simple guitar, drum, and, and bass, not and like and, but melodic and like and not fun. so serious, dancey, and not too. exactly, and not yeah. so not so serious. You know what I mean? Like serious. That's yeah, exactly. Mean. Yeah. No, the Strokes are. I think Strokes are a totally underrated band. Wow, they made some shit albums in the last yeah. few years, but yeah, I I think so. I think they like. Wheels kind of fell off a little bit, but I, they still to, to me they still make uh, Room on Fire is a fucking amazing mm-hmm. album too, right? So, um, cool. Okay, well, and then obviously Suburbs was the other one that uh, we had talked about. Yeah. In no particular order, the ones that are on my list, uh, Kanye's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. As a as a rap album, say what you will about Kanye, you cannot skip a track on that album. They were all bangers. Uh, Pick one. Pick fucking the seventh song on that on that album. I have that album, and it, and it is better than any shit that you hear. It's better than any Migos fucking song there is. Um, Kanye was at his angriest, his rawest, his I don't give a shit about anything. And the production on that album is filthy. It's dirty. Uh, stand out in that album is uh, Nicki Minaj's uh, however many bars on uh, on Monster. Yeah. Um, and really juxtaposes how shitty Jay Z's verses in that album. Um, that rumors Fleetwood Mac. Okay, um, talked about that one. Uh, and then I have. So it's funny. The Crane Wife. Uh, oh, Decemberist. Decemberist. That's me, your favorite Decemberist. Like you're putting so, that one on there. So damn. Okay. Again, personal. Really personal. I mean, for me, I listened to that in, in university. Okay. I remember many a time walking to walking across the creek. Ah, Castle yeah. Creek over to uh, St. Jerome's. Yeah. Um, this album, I mean, I had trouble picking between this one or The Hazards of Love. Mm. So um, Hazards of Love, that's like a rock opera. That's your, that's your kind of yeah, classic. This is like this is like a folk, folky. Green Life is great. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's a really personal album for me. And then uh, let's start on the East Coast. Nas is Illmatic. Okay. Uh, book ended by uh, the uh, very recent, but uh, the debut full album of uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, "Good Kid, Good Kid, Mad City." Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know what life was like in Queensbridge 
uh, NYC in the early 90s, you listen to that. You want to know what it's like living in Compton in uh, the mid-2000s, you listen to Good Kid, Mad City. There you go. Um, but fucking beautiful, perfect albums, rap albums in my opinion. Can I just go over quickly the ones that didn't make quite yeah, a Yeah, I've got a little bit more personally. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Disintegration, man. Shit. Uh, super sad, but love that album. Beautiful album. Um, American Idiot for very different reasons. Um, plans, Death Cab. I can listen uh, to that start to finish. So depressing. They gotta very, fucking lighten up. Very much so. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it is. Like, love is watching you die. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's pretty sad, man. I know. Yeah, man. yeah. It's pretty emo. Just like. Like, Late registration, Kanye. There's a, there's some there's some fucking skits in there that I would skip, but they're really funny. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. one really personal one for me reminds skits. me very much of yeah. uh, of first year university, but uh, brand new is Deja Entendu. So uh, okay. And right. towards the end of that album, there's a little right on. homage to. So I've, I've got I've got a few. I already mentioned some of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm just picking out like sort of some sort of classic bands. So the Clash, London Calling, mm-hmm. ridiculous double album, right? Love it. Blonde on Blonde by Dylan, Ooh. same deal, right? Um, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Yes, yeah. By far the best Stones album, for sure. Um, the Who, Who's Next, one of my favorite Who albums, for sure. Definitely got to be on there. Um, a band called The Church. What? Which is, uh, their album Starfish is like, is that the new Manic Street Preachers or who are they? <laughs> no, they're pre-Manic. Well, Manic Street Preachers are actually around for a lot longer than we think. Yeah. By yeah. the way, fun fact about the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> Here comes what? What is it? Um, so you know the lead singer is like missing, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Or he yeah. So he like they haven't found a corpse or anything. So okay. he's, he's missing. So there's five members. The other four are still a band and they still do their thing. And they put one fifth of what they make in sort of a fund. So dude? when he comes back, yeah. they'll have his money waiting for him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the guy's fucking dead for sure. But it's been like 12 years since he vanished. Wow. But the church is like this kind of like dark 80s, um, really like gothy kind of, kind of like psychedelic furs and Oof. just, just, to, just again, front to back. Right. And I have, I have, <laughs> it's one of my favorite records. So I, I listen to it all the time. Uh, that's on there. But um, like I said, emotionally, Matthew Goodman, I love those albums. Right. Um, all of them, are, eh? All of them, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of Beatles albums I could put on there. Uh, Leonard Cohen, Songs of Leonard Cohen is a fantastic mm. album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they couldn't all make the top ten. Couldn't all get there. They cannot, no. 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 Well, all right, Murray. Man, that was a great discussion. That was, that was really good. We want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, let us know uh, what your favorite albums are. Um, Devil's Cut Podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us Devils, at Devil's Cut Pod. Let us know. Uh, no cast. Let us know what, uh, what your top 10 or top 5 or maybe just best of all time front and back albums yeah, are. Yeah, whatever. Just one that we missed, one that we didn't talk about. And tweet like at us. Carly Rae Jepsen, Emotion. Emotion. Sean. Emotion. Sean Paul. With uh, La Hallucinations. <laughs> That's right. Avril <laughs> Levine, let go. Uh, all right. Put it on there. We have a new segment? Uh, we do. We're going to debut a new segment called This Day in Music and History. So today happens to be Friday, June 23rd. And um, I'm going to hit Murray up with a, a couple of fun facts from uh, first history and then music history. 
On this day, June 23rd, 1940, Adolf Hitler took a tour of Paris where um, he visited the, the, the French capital, uh, which at that point was uh, occupied by Germans. And he made a very special visit to Napoleon's tomb where he said, and I quote, that was the greatest. <laughs> you quoting Hitler? Yes. That was the greatest and finest moment of my life, as he said upon leaving. Thoughts on that, Murray? Uh, this is a great time. It's a beautiful city. It is a beautiful city. I hope he enjoyed himself while he was there. City of Lights. Do you think he thought he was – like was he as powerful, as important as Napoleon? Did he have that sort of like – I don't know. Did, um, did he think he was – Oh, he totally had a – like you know the, the, the take over the world – I think he'd more go for like a more of a German guy, like a like a Charlemagne or oh, yes. you know, like yeah. a like a Bismarck or something like that. But I think he felt he was probably better than Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon was was French. Was French, yeah, yeah. Um, certain affinity, for I guess. Sure. Yeah. And then this day in music history, uh, June twenty third, nineteen sixty six, uh, the aforementioned Beatles had their tenth imagine tenth consecutive UK number one single with paperback writer Rain. Uh, track is marked by the boosted bass guitar sound throughout, partly in response to John Lennon demanding to know why the bass on a certain Wilson Pickett record uh, far exceeded the bass on any Beatles record. It was also cut louder than any other Beatles record due to a new piece of equipment used in the mastering process. Oh, I wonder what that was. And, I don't know. A mic? <laughs> <laughs> we could use two, one of those. Two microphones? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Listen, guys. Phil Spector fucking wandered into the studio one day and was like... <laughs> Yes! Genius idea. Oh, shit. We're going to use two microphones. Where, do, where does Paperback Writer rank in your, uh, in your I guess, all-time Beatles songs? Low. Low, pretty low. Yeah. Eh? And that's still yeah. number one. Well, they're all number one. Everything they're all number one. number one. All number ones. All right, folks. That's it for, for the premiere of season two. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll see you guys on episode two. Peace out. Bye. Would you stand up and